Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Welcome to the uncomfortable truth. We are so excited to have you today. Have you guys ever had a blood transfusion? I have not. No. I don't really even know what that is. I think they're taking blood out and putting blood in. I've I've seen it happen, I believe, with one of my children. Okay. Okay. That's all. I I don't want to. Okay. I was going to kind of make light of it, but if you have to have a blood transfusion, that's a big deal. But I get to have one every night. We're doing construction on our master bedroom and bathroom, and uh, I think a window got left open because we were throwing all the demo materials out the back window, and bugs and mosquitoes and uh, flies uh, by the hundreds got in. So you're getting got blood in. transfusion through mosquito. Correct, use. yes. Uh, every night, every day, I wake up with about 30 new <laughs> mosquito bites. I look like a dadgum connect the dot diagram, <laughs> but there's there's no diagram. <laughs> it just they just lead to nowhere. It's uncomfortable. Welcome to the uncomfortable truth. Sean, go ahead, brother. Dear Lord, just um <clears throat> thank you for these men and how they sharpened me to be better, Lord. Um I, I I'm just very grateful that you've um brought them into my life, God. And uh Lord, thank you for our, our families, the health of our families. Lord, um all the things we take for granted, um, eyes to see. You know, legs to walk with, ears to hear. God, we don't we don't ever want to leave anything out. God, we're just so grateful. And uh, Lord, just uh, help us to uh, speak wisdom into our audience and uh, just help us to uh, to teach them something that they can carry uh, for the rest of their lives and, and, uh, and apply to their own lives. Lord, um, we love you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I hope our listeners are doing awesome today. Um, whether whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, getting ready to go to bed, maybe you're uh, having a nice cup of coffee in the morning. We're just hoping to uh, pour into some pour into you some good truths, maybe some uncomfortable truths. Uh, the reason that we that we decided to name this podcast the Uncomfortable Truth is because. A lot of the Lord's truths are uncomfortable sometimes, especially in uh, the world that we live in today. And last night I was reading in 1 Corinthians. Uh, for those that don't know, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote First and Second Corinthians. It's a book to the church of Corinth. And um, if you want to dig into some uncomfortable things, read 1 Corinthians because the entire book is uncomfortable. If, um, you know, if you, if you read it, there's just a lot of uh, controversial things in 1 Corinthians that Paul decides to talk about. And so uh, just for those that don't know, Corinth, uh, which is the name of the city that Paul was in and that he's writing this book to, was a huge cultural melting pot uh, with great diversity, um, 
ton of ethnic groups, religious groups, just different intellectual perspectives, different um, moral standards throughout the entire city. Um, Idolatry flourished. I mean, it was just like rampant. Um, There were pagan temples all over the city. There were prostitutes. Um, you know, in, in I read were I read in uh, the first chapter it talks about there were, there were over a thousand prostitutes in each pagan temple. Mm-hmm. Re- Mod- re- modern day United States religious prostitutes. Yeah, my my next question does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it sounds exactly like the world that we're living in right now. Uh, just the the crazy sin that is going on. Um, I, I can only imagine in in the time of Paul writing this book to Corinth that being a Christian, uh, a new Christian, because that's that's what they were. They, Paul was Paul was bringing new Christians, uh, you know, into being, and so I can only imagine being a new Christian or a Christian in that city, how difficult it would be. Uh, again, parallels with with what we've got going on here in the United States. Um, you know, I would feel like it would it would be a difficult to find truth in Corinth. I would feel like that uh, you, you you've got so many th- so many people pursuing this sin that they are deeming in their human minds as okay as. Um, they, they have their own moral standard. They, they have their own intellectual perspective about what's right and what's wrong, what's truth and what's lies. And I really felt like that it spoke to what we're speaking about in this podcast. Um, and so I was reading through that, and I was two chapters in, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, wow, this is crazy how, how much this aligns with what we're talking about. And I get to chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. And this is what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 through 15 says. It says, When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things. For we have the mind of Christ, and so that's a bold statement. Um, basically, what that's saying to me is, basic. You know, our, our ability to see truth is a gift from God. So wh- whenever, whenever we accept Jesus Christ, whenever we surrender uh, our lives to the Lord, we're filled with the Spirit of the Lord. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul is telling us here that 
unless you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not possible for you to see the truth because the truth is of God and it is God. And the Lord determines what's true. And so it's why we have to begin our quest for spiritual renewal by seeking God and surrendering to him. And when we do this, we receive the Holy Spirit. In turn, it's the Holy Spirit who reveals God's truth and helps us understand God's word. The person who will not surrender to God has no access to the understanding that only the Holy Spirit can give. So what that tells me is there are a, it explain first of all it explains to me why there are so many different in quotes truths in Corinth and there are so many in quotes truths in the United States of America and there's so many different moral standards and there's so many different intellectual perspectives and we've got cancel culture and we've got this woke, <laughs> you know, culture that that we're experiencing on a on a day in and day out basis. It's 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 only getting worse every day, guys. It's only getting worse every day. And speaking the uncomfortable truth in my mind is just becoming more and more important uh, on a day in and day out basis. But um, you know, so that 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 really spoke to me. It really made me feel like, you know what. We got to keep. We got to keep preaching the truth. Um, you know, we got to keep preaching the truth. And and so, in the in the book of First Corinthians, Paul talks about uh, a lot of the same forms of sin that the Corinthians did. And and uh, again, the truth is no different now than it was then. Uh, they they hit on a lot of the same uncomfortable topics that we hit on now. Paul did in this book. Um, you know, we could spend many many episodes uh, during our podcast here on the uncomfortable truth, just discussing the uncomfortable truths that are brought to light in First Corinthians: uh, sexual promiscuity, homosexuality, adultery sexual lust and sin, abortion, all of these things. If you, I mean, we could, we could spend multiple episodes on each one of those, okay? Um, but this is what I'm getting to, and, and this is the, the question that I feel like is going to kind of open the discussion board here. So hope you guys are ready to get uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's go. Yep, it's about to get uncomfortable. Um, we're all fathers, we're, we're all fathers of young ladies. Um, and this is what my mind went to last night whenever I was reading this. My mind went to, as a father of a young lady, how am I going to protect them and lead them down a path of sexual purity? How am I, how am I going to lead her down a road to where... Uh, she is following the truths that are set in front of us in the Bible. And um, I feel like that guy, I mean, I feel like it's hard. I feel like it's going to be harder in this culture that we're rearing our kids in 
than it's ever been probably in the history of the world. And um, with just with with all of the things that they have at their fingertips, um, I feel like that if we're not raising our kids to know where their strength comes from, to know where, what their moral standard is, uh, then we are in for a really rough ride. So how do you guys plan on protecting your little girls and leading them down a path of sexual purity? What, what do you feel like that's going to look like for you? Um, we've, got, we've got an array of ages from our, our, our young ladies. You know, Sean's already got some that are, um, you know, in high school. Um, you know, we've got some, some younger ones that are really entering their adolescent years. You know, it's, it's something that I think on frequently. And um, I just want to know what what your plan is because I feel like if we don't have a plan, uh, that's it's going to get us. You know, yeah. we, I feel like we have to have a plan. I'm I'm the only one in the room that has all girls, so uh, I've thought about this question a whole lot. But I want I want to back up first of all um, and just talk about the moment whenever Jesus was sentenced to death. Okay, and it, uh, just everything that you're hitting on makes me think about this. Barabbas lied, and the, and the masses set him free, okay? Jesus spoke truth, and they sentenced him to death, okay? If that tells you a little bit about where people are so corrupted and twisted in their mind, okay? He spoke truth. They sentenced him to death. They let the, the thief and the, the, the scumbag go, okay? Uh, and so it's interesting just to, just to kind of see how, I mean, I feel like it's the society we're in today. You know, it's I feel lot, like a lot of parallels. Yeah, so I, it's one of the reasons why I feel like our voice and in, in speaking the uncomfortable truth is so, so important. Uh, I really do. But, Obi, to, to go back to that question, protecting our little girls, you know, um, this, is, this is something that uh, I have a lot to say about, okay? <laughs> Um, I feel like that it starts at a very young young age. I feel like it starts at a very young age. I feel like that first and foremost, um, mom and dad are present, okay? Secondly, uh, you're giving your daughter the attention that she needs. You're telling her she's beautiful. You're, you're praying with her. You're encouraging her. You're, you have to instill these things in your kids at a, at a very young age, uh, in my opinion. I think, I think that is super critical, super important to understand that, hey, my daddy is here for me. My daddy loves me. My daddy thinks I'm pretty. He thinks I, he thinks I hung the moon. And I feel like gaining their trust and gaining that at a very, at a very young age is such a, a important foundation in understanding, you know, helping them to understand you know, um, who God is and, and how to lean on, you know, and where to seek attention from. I think that's huge. Um, next, um, who are your, you know, another way that I feel like that we can protect our, ch- our children, H- having them in the right environments, okay? Are they going to church? Are they going to church camps? Are they going to, are, who are they hanging around? Who are their friends? Um, yeah, I always talk about how we're an average of the top five people you're hanging around. You better pay attention to who your little girls are hanging around. 
uh, and your little boys, you know, I mean, uh, your children, who are they hanging around? Uh, that That's a big deal. As they get older, uh, I feel like laying out, uh, laying out Christian guidelines for them uh, from curfews to, um, you know, setting a precedent whenever um, they do think that they want a boyfriend at the age of 14, you know. Uh, they're not allowed – I mean, little things like um, – they have to understand, uh, you know, letting, letting, I really, in the beginning, I let my wife um, talk to them about the birds and the bees. And, um, but then as they got older, hey, daddy's getting real with it now. I mean, you're 16, 17, 18 years. So I have a 12 year old, um, I have an 18 year old, and I have a 21 year old. Whenever my daughter, my 17 year old turns 17, okay, she has a boyfriend. I sat both of them down and talked to them. I mean, like, I'm like, listen, I want you to be better than I was. I want you to understand where I made mistakes, and I think it's important uh, that you don't make the same mistakes because I'm not doing my job if you're not, if you're, if you're not making better decisions than I made. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I made these mistakes, and I told them my mistakes. I mean, I aired up my dirty, dirty laundry. Of course, I didn't give them, you know, details of my dirty laundry. But I told them, hey, look, this is what I did when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I'm ashamed of it. I'm not proud of that. God created, you know, you for, you know, to be pure, and uh, your virginity is supposed to be saved for your husband, that's a gift for your husband, and it's important that you understand what that means. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got real with them, and uh, and I'm talking even, like I said, uh, the boyfriend, you know, who is a great God-fearing man. And uh, so uh, I, I think it's important to, at that age, to look at the, uh, the kids' parents. What are they like? Uh, I'm talking about the boyfriend. Boyfriend's parents, what are they like? Were they in church? It's, I mean, we can... We cannot totally shelter our children, but there is a very constructive way and a system that you can put in place to make sure that you're shooting those arrows out, uh, which are your children, and shooting them down the right path and helping them to be better than I was because I wanted to be better than mom and daddy were. And, uh, and all the way around, from an ethical, from a Christian foundation, from a you name it, um, there's a very... There's a very um, precise way in order to, uh, to, to protect the innocence of your child, and it's up to mom and dad to do that. And I feel like, knock on wood, I feel I'm very, very blessed, and I've been very fortunate. I feel like I have some great kids, man, uh, who, who are absolutely better than I was. And uh, so I, I feel like God has uh, – shined on that situation and uh shined on on uh, mine and my wife's actions uh to 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 lay that foundation so i have one daughter a nine-year-old she just turned nine and i'm taking notes as uh, sean's talking just thinking through all the things he said the thing that jumps out to me i've had uh, kind of transition in thinking about the birds and the bees and all those uh, topics that we get to have the conversation with our children about and set the foundation before the world defines what normal is. And I think the beauty of the Bible is this, and she's a believer. She's accepted Jesus into her heart. So that's our first priority as as parents. 
and to guide them to that the best way we can. And then that sets the first foundation. And then the second piece is, is the Bible has some hard truths in there that will make someone feel uncomfortable um, if they don't know God's grace. Okay, so once they have him in their heart, then we can talk about that. And it makes it very clear that we are to stand out and be different. And so I love what you said, Sean, about being very real. You know, and here's the thing about girls, and I think we'll all agree with this. They get things at a different, more intuitive, in-depth level at an earlier age than the boys do. They have this innate ability to see through things that we as guys don't have, from my experience so far. Like, I felt like my nine-year-old can have a conversation with me as if I'm about to hire her as a potential CEO. Like, it's a different level of conversation. So, instead of running from it, I'm going to try to run to the Lord and be sure she's in the middle of that path and going with my with Leah, of course, and just going, you know, this is the beauty of what God wants for you. This is the beauty of my, your mother and I's relationship and how much of a blessing that's been that thank God for his grace that I could get to this point to tell you this. Because if it had been me telling you what is right in the eyes of uh, sexual purity or 15, 20 years ago, I would have led you in the wrong direction. You know, I wouldn't have led you at all, which is leading, as we know. Right. Um, so I think we have a great opportunity to shoot those arrows in a, in a way that uh, can change the world. So that's awesome. Absolutely. I I go to, um, I get complacent. I get complacent. And we're we're spe- I want to say we're specifically talking about daughters today. I think that yes. the uh, we can have another conversation w- about, about the sons. Young men. Yes, because there's a lot of issues there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want my boys to struggle with things that I've struggled with. But specifically talking about daughters, I get complacent with my daughter. My oldest is uh, twelve. She's about to be thirteen, and she's my only daughter. She's just been for most of her life really easy to parent, and. I become complacent in that, and so I got to check myself and say, just because she's easy to parent doesn't mean that I don't need to have these hard conversations with her, that my wife and I uh, don't need to have these hard conversations with her. Um, I say hard, in-depth and important conversations with her. So that's something that I need to work on and say, make it more of an importance to do things like, Sean, you had a lot to say. That's the most I've heard you talk on the podcast in a row <laughs> because he's thought about this. He's prayed about this a lot. It's he's, important. He's been through it. Yeah, and I've taken notes, Sean, uh, <laughs> because we're all about to go through what you've been through. Sure. I mean, I think that's the, I think the, the value. Point, the point that you're making that really jumped out to me with Sean is that it's just like our walk with the Lord. This is not a one-time conversation. You know, and... Ever-evolving. Ever-evolving, yeah. ever-growing, and... and capitalizing pouring into our children is probably one of the most impactful places that we can pour into. Not probably it is, uh, for the kingdom, you know, so embracing it more as this is a process that is going to be ever evolving, ever growing. And where I'm convicted right now is, is am I nurturing a relationship with my daughter where she can come to me and my wife or me or my wife or either one and know she can ask anything to cross-check it with what the world's saying if she's not sure. Because, listen, guys, I worked in a middle school for 
a long time and in education for 15 years, there's a lot of worldly information being shared. And this is not to scare anyone. They're kids. Okay. I don't ever blame it on the kids. It's our responsibility as parents. There's a lot of worldly information being shared out of pure ignorance and acceptance more than godly reality. And if they don't have a foundation to bounce that off of, they, it's easier to get lost, I think. I'm going to get back into the, the Scripture just a little bit um, and maybe fine-tune this a little bit more. Um, in, in Back in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 6, verse 12, it says, You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowing to do any I'm allowed to do anything I must not become a slave to anything you say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food this is true though someday God will do away with both of them but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality they were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies and God will raise us from the dead by his power just as he raised our Lord from the dead and you know what that what that says to me is is that as believers we we are to avoid involvement or avoid situations where we could be tempted and and so what that, what that you know what that tells me is i've got to help my daughter and my sons, you know, I, I've got to help them understand that the best way to avoid that temptation, which it is absolutely going to be a temptation. We have to, we know that we know the ways that we've been tempted. We know that those hormones and, and, and that desire, you know, for companionship, it, it's it's only going to grow stronger as they get older, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's only it's only going to get more, you know, a part of of their thought process and their thinking, uh, that attraction to maybe a a boyfriend or whatever, you know, um, you know, and, and and then I think, you know, how how am I going to keep them from being in those moments of temptation. Well, ultimately, I'm not 1,000% going to be able to keep that from happening. I can play a big part in that. I can, I, can de- I can decide where she's going to be, when she's going to be there, who she's going to be with, ultimately. Now, we know that if we, if we push that envelope too much, it can lead to them maybe lying you know, doing, doing things because they're wanting to, you know, uh, be human, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe do some of the things that, that we did. Uh, but at the same time, I was, I was listening to a sermon and this has probably been a year ago about, uh, and I can't even remember the, 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 the pastor's name, but he was talking about how he had one of his youth, um, come in and talk to him about, um, about his, him and his fiance. And he was, he was telling him that it's just so, he was telling the pastor that the young youth boy was telling the pastor how hard it was to fight the temptation, uh, the sexual temptation that he felt like he had, that was, he was experiencing when him and his fiance would be together, 
when they whenever they were together, he just didn't he he couldn't he could barely fight it, you know. And the pastor was like, "Well, what, you know, what? Tell me about those moments, you know. What are those moments?" And and the the young man would say, "Well, you know, when we're at the house, you know, we'll be at the house, and you know, our mom and dad are not there, and we're watching TV, or we may be, you know, on the car ride back home, or any any he." he talks about all these moments in these situations where they're alone. Mm -hmm. They're alone in that moment. And the pastor's like, you can't be alone. He's like, you, if you're alone with the, the other sex, you're going to have those sexual desires that humans have. Mm -hmm. End of story. Absolutely. End of story. Mm -hmm. You're going to have them. You've got to avoid those situations You've got to avoid being alone with your partner, whoever that may be. And and so I just feel like that that's a, a big deal. You know, I mean, we're not just talking about sexual sin, but talking about just about anything. We have to avoid those moments of temptation if, if you're, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever that sin may be, we have to avoid those those situations where we're put in those moments where we could potentially – cave because we're going to cave we're going to cave in it's our human nature that's right i got a funny story and we're gonna call this kid john because i can't say his real name but it's this is pretty funny i I think you'll get a kick out of it um whenever my daughter that is a senior in college now at uh, texas a&m whenever she was a senior in high school she had some friends over that were swimming. Well, one of the one of the boys liked her. Okay, they weren't they weren't dating. <clears throat> they were just they were just friends, but he really liked her. And anyway, they were out out in the backyard. Excuse me, they were out in the backyard swimming with some other friends. And um, this one particular kid that liked her had his wallet laying on the um, on the counter, and uh, and you could see the imprint of a condom in the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so I um I immediately walked outside and I said, uh remember this is John, not his real name. Uh but uh John is uh it's time to it's time for John to go home, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey Madison, time to go. And uh anyway, and she was like, Why? You know, we just got here. And uh yeah, like logically. What, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. No. You're leaving. (laughs) And uh, anyway, um, so she was just like, what the heck? You know, what's going on? Anyway, uh, he left, and I proceeded to tell her what happened. And I was like, we know where his, you know, what his intentions are. And and I'm I'm just not down with that. Uh, We we got a problem. Anyway, um, he had about two or three days to think about that. Did he know why you asked him to leave? Okay. Yeah, he knew afterwards. Afterwards, okay. yeah, I, I wasn't like real confrontational. I wasn't trying to be a total jerk, you know, and uh, to him. And uh, anyway, so what what happened was uh, two or three days later, it was in the – I'll never forget this. It was in the middle of a tornado warning. The sirens were going <laughs> off, and the wind was just going – all of a sudden, the doorbell rings. I was like, what, what the heck? Well, it's John at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> And he is daggum lip, hey lip quivering, uh, wants to talk to me, okay? I mean, this guy, a thought, tornado. this guy thought about this really hard, and the tornado wasn't going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, you know we're in the middle of a tornado warning, buddy. <laughs> I was like, come in and sit down. <laughs> we'll talk in the bathtub because that's the safest place in my house. Yes. You sit on one side, I'll sit on the other. Yeah. Our legs will touch. We'll be eye to eye. <laughs> Tell me what's going on, John. Anyway, um, so we uh, we sat down in my office, you know, uh, tornado. Luckily, you know, uh, the Lord didn't smash us with a tornado, a direct hit or anything. But um, <clears throat> he told me that um, his sister, uh, had, and he has a twin sister. She had gotten pregnant, and her and his mom put that in his put that in his wallet uh, as a precautionary thing because she didn't want the same thing to happen to him. And um, and he was he was crying and saying he didn't want me to beat his butt and, and you know and uh-huh. and hurt him and all that. I mean, he was like this kid was like really intimidated by me, and I'm not an intimidating person, but. <laughs> You can be. Sean, you can be intimidated. You're a little intense. I can definitely see how John was feeling. Come on, man. Let's be aware. Yeah. It was it was so it was so funny and I I, it was just it was kind of comical just because I I couldn't believe how scared he was. Well point of point of the story, we've got to guard our we've got to guard our children. Yes. and, And we've got to lead our children down a uh, a path that that the Lord would have us lead them down, and it talks a lot about that in First Corinthians. I really encourage you to read it. Um, it really talks about a lot of the um, just sexual immorality, um, a lot of um, just w- a lot of ways where Corinth really aligns with what we are experiencing today in the United States. Uh, really wanted to pick these guys' brains about their their plans to um, rear their children, particularly their daughters today, and and how they plan on, you know, instilling those Christian values that they need to have uh, as they grow into young ladies. And um, you know, it's something that I think about. Obviously, it's something that these guys think about, and I think it's important that we all have a plan uh, for that. And so, anyway, that's all I had for today. All right, thank you guys for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Pray on what you can do to uh, sharpen your kids. Like Sean said, those are the arrows that we're sending out in the world, and those are the people that we have the most impact on, and then they have the most impact to change this world for Jesus. Uh, Just like you have that impact, if we're not sharpening them, we're not doing our job, and that comes with uh, things of sexual morality and all the other issues that our our kids are facing today. We appreciate you being here. Smash that like button, subscribe, and share with your friends. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.